I'm going to put my recorder right by Lucy. Lucy, I don't want you touching that, okay? got four pockets. That's worrisome. <laughs> so uh, it is, it's quite traditional at this time of Advent. It's a time of preparation, a time where we're getting ready for the beautiful season of Christmas. And uh, a good way to do a little house cleaning in one's life is to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And uh, so I'm going to speak a little bit about the Sacrament of Reconciliation, but specifically in connection with something that we profess in the Apostles' Creed called the Communion of Saints. The communion of saints. So if you recall the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. What are we talking about when we talk about the communion of saints? We're talking about the community of saints or the society of saints. And uh, so let's hold that in our mind. We're talking about this community and uh, this is a community we want to be a part of. Okay. And the Sacrament of Reconciliation is going to help us become a part of that. And we see John the Baptist today in our Gospel, his ministry is uh, all about repentance and then the, and also the confession of sins. So uh, just recently, uh, maybe a few weeks ago here, and I've spoken about this book. It was an audio book I listened to. Uh, I spoke about it in the religious ed program with the junior high kids and uh, with the adults. And uh, it was a book about uh, social media and the impact that social media uh, are having upon the youth in America. So we're talking Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of these different uh, outlets of social communication. And of course they're popular all over the world by people of all ages. Uh, but they're having a, a really specific kind of effect on the youth. Uh, at least in this country. And so it's a very interesting book uh, about that topic. And I learned a lot. I, I think I shared with you before the first time I ever heard of Kim Kardashian was by listening to this audio book. Okay? So uh, um, also I learned a phrase from this book. It's called um, FOMO. FOMO. Okay, so the young kids, they use this phrase. It's an acronym. And it stands for Fear of Missing Out. FOMO, fear of missing out, okay? And it kind of captures the, the whole dynamic that we see uh, with, the, with young kids, also adults. I don't want to pick on the young kids too much here because it's almost as bad with the adults. It's like they're, they're connected at the hip with their phones, okay? You know, when infants are born and uh, you take them away from their mothers, they kind of go nuts, right? It's separation anxiety. Well, sometimes the, the kids are like that when you take the phone away from them. They don't know. They start... You know, freaking out. Okay, they got separation anxiety because they're they're wedded to their phone. They got to be texting all the time, and uh, it, what that is, that's a fear of missing out. It's FOMO. That's what the kids call it. They're worried that there's going to be some kind of a post or someone's going to give them another like on their Instagram uh, account, and they're going to miss it. And so that's why they've got to be on their phone all the time. I was uh, at my kitchen window here in the rectory. I watched a young man walk past the window through the church um, parking lot and he's like this. He's walking. To, he's got somewhere to go, but he's got his phone in his hand and his face is stuck on the screen. And I'm like, okay, how long is this guy's face going to be stuck on the screen? So I actually walked, I walked out of the rectory and I was just like scoping this guy out a little bit. He made it all the way down to the, the square here in Clyde with his face stuck on the screen. I think he walked across the street like that. Okay? So, uh, 
you know, this is, this is, it's a fear of missing out. You know, something's going to happen and he's going to be missing it. And so he's got to be connected. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, you know, so as I, as I hear this audio book as I'm driving around in my car and I'm, con- I'm reflecting upon these issues, what it strikes me is this whole idea of FOMO really is very much relative to a given community. It's relative to a given community because why do I not have any fear of missing out on what Kim Kardashian is wearing or not wearing, if that, as, as the matter might be, okay? But why do I not have any fear about that? It's like I really couldn't care less about all of these things. It's because I don't identify, okay, I'm speaking for myself and probably most of us here, I don't identify with this community of young people. You know, there's this phrase, trending, trending, okay? So what's trending on a given social media platform, it's whatever's getting the, whatever topic is getting the most attention or the most posts, okay, and it changes from week to week at least, maybe from day to day, I don't know. So what's trending is what's most popular, the most number of people who are speaking about this given topic, whatever it is, Kim Kardashian's wardrobe, I don't know. And, uh, you know, this community of people, I'm not a part of it. It doesn't, it's not important to me. So this whole thing of fear of missing out is relative to a given community. And so the question we've got to ask is, what community do we really value? What community is really important? What community has true worth? What community has true value? What community should we really have a fear of missing out on? The community of the saints. The communion of the saints. And the kids might say, well, look, you're... you're uh, an old grumpy geek, you know, there's millions of people who are following this topic. I don't want to miss out on that. That's a lot of people. But you know what uh, uh, the value and the import of a given community is based not on numbers, not on the numbers of the individuals that constitute it, but on the weight, on the weight of the individuals that constitute a given community. It's People of substance who form a given community and that make a given community important and worth following. And you grow in weight and in substance as a human being to the extent that you are in alignment with moral truth and with God's truth. And so all the superficial stuff out there, what's hot and what's not, doesn't have any weight, and the individuals who chase after that become light, like flakes. So the community doesn't really add up to amount, it doesn't really amount to anything. The communion of the saints, by the way, it hasn't got a lot of numbers. There's millions of saints, okay? So there are a lot of numbers because it stretches across the generations. It's a transgenerational community, not just all over the whole globe, but over generations, thousands of years. And uh, the individuals that constitute that community, they have real weight because they are holy and they have lived in God's truth and are now abiding in God's truth in a supreme manner. It's that community that we should have FOMO about, that we should fear missing out on. We see this in our gospel text today. We have John the Baptist who uses a very powerful metaphor. He says about the coming Messiah, his winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. 
but the chaff you will burn with unquenchable fire. It's very so now just to show you that I'm cool, I used all of these modern references. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna reference an ancient agricultural technique. And that is a technique of harvesting grain or wheat. And it had two processes to it. It had a threshing phase to its process and then it had a winnowing phase to its process. And in the threshing phase, what they would do is they'd go and they'd take all the wheat and they'd cut it down right at the bottom of the stalks. They'd bundle up the stalks and they'd put the stalks in a pile and they'd trample on them. Okay? Or they'd take like a sled that was uh, pulled by oxen and they would just pull the sled all over the, the wheat. And it was called a threshing sledge. And the effect of that whole process, that threshing process, would be a separation of the kernel of the wheat from the outer crust and the straw and the stalk of the wheat. What, okay. So what you'd be left with is a big pile of mixture. It had the good wheat grains in it, but also had chaff in it. And then the second phase would happen, would take place. And that is the winnowing phase. And so the farmer would take the pile and he put it on a hilltop where there was a good wind, a good stiff wind blowing over the hill. And he'd take his, like a rake, okay, John the Baptist uses the term winnowing fan. And he'd dig it into this pile and he'd throw it up in the air. And the wind would go by and it would blow away the light things, the dust and the chaff. And what would fall back down to the earth and collect in a pile would be only the grains of wheat. Because the grains of wheat had substance, they had weight to them and they weren't blown away by the wind. They had also come, sometimes this would be done in a barn too, right? If you open up two doors in a barn, sometimes you, you create a wind tunnel. So they go right to the, the threshing floor would be right at the, the uh, opening of the barn. They'd do it there, okay? So the wind would go by and it would blow away the chaff. This is a very powerful image or metaphor that St. John Baptist is using for this current age. In this current age, we've got wheat and chaff all mixed together. The wicked and the righteous all live together all over the world. But when Jesus comes again in his holy advent, when he comes, his second advent, he will be, as it were, this winnowing uh, subject everyone to this winnowing process and he's going to separate the wheat and the chaff. And the only people who are going to be left are the saints. It's that pile of hefty, weighty, substantial individuals. That's going to be the only community that makes it into eternity. It's going to be the only community that really matters. That's going to be the only community that we really should have a fear of missing out on. And it's the sacrament of reconciliation more than anything else that for us prepares us and ensures that we will be a part of that communion of saints. Also, we can say this pile of mixture of wheat and chaff, you know, it's a symbol for this present world, but it's also a symbol of each one of our hearts. We, in our hearts, we have wheat and chaff. And before the fearsome final judgment day comes, what we do is we subject ourselves to a judgment, so to speak, a judgment of the sacrament of reconciliation. We go there 
And uh, the accuser is our own conscience. And the witness, we are our own witness. And the confessor is the judge. But this judge, more often than not, will proclaim a merciful sentence, a sentence of forgiveness. And so we subject ourselves to that judgment so as to separate the wheat and the chaff in our hearts so that we will be ready for that final judgment when Christ comes. You know, if you're nervous about going to the sacrament of reconciliation, think about how nervous you're going to be when Jesus comes again, okay, with his winnowing fork in his hand. So, my brothers and sisters, in preparation for this holy season of Christmas as it comes, I encourage you to make it to the sacrament of reconciliation, thereby purifying your heart and so making yourselves ready and apt to be part of the communion of the saints, the only community that really we should have a fear of missing out on.